to the DC Tweet Team Podcast, hosted by Andy Burroughs. You know what I mean? Maurice Hawkins. Some people call me Maurice. And Shelly Jordan. Here's the deal, I'm the best there is. And here's your host, Andy Burroughs. Welcome, everybody, to the DC Tweet Team podcast. I, as always, am your host, Andy Burrows, and I'm joined by my co-host today, Maurice Hawkins. Maurice, how are you, my friend? Good morning, Andy. So fired up to be on the DC Tweet Team podcast after a victory. Yes, we are. Uh, normally, we would be joined by Shelley, but she is under the weather today, so we wish Shelley uh, all the best and uh, a speedy recovery. But hey, what a guest we've got for you today, our good buddy and the Washington Post game host, Mr. Scott Jackson. Scott, how are you, sir? Good. Good to be with you guys. Always better to be uh, talking about a win rather than another loss, that's for sure. Yeah, and Scott, what? let's get straight into it. What a win it was for the Washington football team. Before we break down the game and we get into the schematics of everything, have you seen such a crazier game in recent times at FedEx Field? I mean, it's, it's it ranks up there as one of the weirdest ones for sure. And, you know, with, with the circumstance, you, you thought you had uh, won, you had lost it because of the missed field goal, didn't get a second chance at it. And, you know, there's certainly some bad feelings on, on both sides about how the game ended. Uh, Giants fans have been tweeting out all week that, the you know, that Lawrence was an offside. You know, it's it certainly from the angle that you get, you don't see it, but. I mean, there were so many bad calls in that game, both sides. It was those officials really have no business going back out of the field for a few weeks. I mean, they were awful. There were so many bad calls in that game. But anyway, I mean, like Ron Rivera said it right after the game um, on our broadcast. He said, look, I feel very fortunate to have won this game. And that's mm-hmm. the truth. I mean, it's very fortunate uh, is how they should feel because it, that could have gone either way. Uh, they had it. They lost it. They had it. They lost it. I mean, and then finally, you know, lost it and won it. So, you know, take it. Nobody's going to ask you at week 17, hey, you got your first win. It's, it's, that, it's not going to be like an asterisk. It doesn't count less. It still equals one. Uh, so, you know, take it and move on and hopefully you get better from it. Yeah. No, Scott, I, I'm, I listened to you guys after the game, uh, taking a lot of callers uh, about our, our new star quarterback. I mean, a lot of people have been wanting him in from, from week one. A lot of people out there didn't want Fitzpatrick to even yeah. be starting. There's many Heineke <laughs> fans. <laughs> there's many, stuff. Yeah, there's many um, Taylor uh, Heineke fans out there. Um, is he the next quarterback of the Washington football team? He's the quarterback for now. Um, right. I, I, the, I, for me, it's his job to lose now. I mean, he went out there yeah. on um, on Thursday night. Uh, he put up some very good numbers. Yeah, he had an interception, but now name me a quarterback in the NFL that doesn't throw interceptions. You know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, they all do it. What did you make of uh, um, our quarterback's uh, game on Thursday night? And have we maybe finally found a little bit of stability at that position? All right. So, so the backstory, of course, I, I'm an old mini graduate. I, I'm a, you know, I had no football when I went there. I mean, it was, you know, it was intramural football in Norfolk State played at our stadium. Um, so anyway, I, I'm a big Taylor Heineke guy. I saw him playing college. I saw his last game of college at uh, Foreman Field at the time. Uh, always thought, you know, he had that quote, it factor. I didn't know how to translate in the NFL. Uh, but that, you know, is he a Drew Brees type who can overcome the height, uh, you know, or Russell Wilson kind of player? Maybe, I mean, one of the, one of the Washington players mentioned it reminds him a little bit of Russell Wilson. I think that's a fair comp. Although he doesn't run around quite as much as Russell. I think they're happy with that. Um, he's the quarterback for now. That's all that really needs to be. You don't have to proclaim anything. I know the fan base gets caught up in these semantics about, like, is he, he the quarterback of the future? Oh, my God, you know, all this stuff. And, <laughs> and, and I get it. And some of these teams that, quote, unquote, have the quarterback of the future really don't. So, I mean, so whatever that means. I mean, right now you just let him play. 
until either A, he gets hurt, or B, he's ineffective, and then you, you have to make a move. But I, I think what we've seen, here's all we can really base Taylor Heineke on, I think, to be fair to him. In Washington, okay, he played a quarter against the Panthers. Damn, they pulled that game out, but the damage was done by Dwayne Haskins' crappy play for the three quarters prior to that. Uh, played toe-to-toe with Tom Brady in a playoff game. Uh, without Antonio Gibson being a real factor, right? I mean, Gibson was dinged up. He wasn't that good in that game. Um, you know, did a great job there. Came in the Chargers game and gave them something that Brian Fitzpatrick wasn't giving them for, you know, a quarter and a half. He was in there. And then obviously a full start here against the Giants. He gets a W. So I think, look, you'd like what he did. He's got to go to Buffalo. He's going to play his first real NFL road game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so let's see how that looks. And then we'll just continue to go from there. Remember this. I mean, Kyle Allen is wasn't 100% healthy to start camp. Uh, coming off that surgery, Ron Rivera th- thinks highly of Kyle Allen too. So as I had said to people all along, I thought they had three quarterbacks they could win with three quarterbacks that were kind of interchangeable in a sense. I didn't think, you know, Fitzpatrick, what he had going for him coming into this thing and why I think ultimately they brought him in and why they gave him the starting job and, and you know, is because he had the experience level. And, you know, the thing about Taylor is, you know, going out to the training camps uh, practices and here in Ashburn and I like Taylor again, a big, big, big believer in him. He's a gamer. But in practice, he's not going to blow you away. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of you know inaccuracy. I mean, you saw that a little bit in the game early. He's throwing some balls high, misses high a lot. Um, that that concerns you. But you know, overall, I mean, he really settled into that game uh, after kind of a rocky uh, first couple series. I thought you know it could have really it could have really shook him. I thought you know throwing that pick in the in his own territory mm-hmm. late. And you can you can look you can question the wisdom of the call if you rewatch the play. He had an obvious safety valve wide the heck open in Antonio Gibson. He's got to learn from that. And Bradbury played with him to his credit. He knows Taylor's tendencies. They've been running that play the entire game. Obviously, McLaurin got knocked off his route a little bit when he got bumped in, so he wasn't where uh, Taylor thought he would be. And just a hell of a play by by Bradbury went to went to work on that. So anyway. I, look, they survived it. You know, luckily the Giants were stupid. They didn't run the clock enough. They threw on third down in completion, which stopped the clock, saved Washington for burning another timeout. Uh, didn't get to use the two-minute warning, which was stupid on their part too. Uh, you know, so they couldn't, you know, at least run the clock down that way. So they, they just left <laughs> too much time on the clock for Taylor Heineke, which sounds so funny to say, but they did. And, and it's great. So I, I look, I just take this week to week. That's all you can do at this point. Um, and I think, yeah, he's your guy for now. Could he go out and play poorly in Buffalo. Would that shock me? No, I mean, Buffalo's good. I mean, it's a hard place mm-hmm. to play. Um, you know, clearly, the, you know, the offensive line, they played a lot better in this game, but they, they still got some work to do. And, you know, defensively, man, they got a lot of work to do right now. That's 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 a real story to me. I mean, people can talk about the quarterback and waste your time with that. But, man, this defense, come on. I mean, let's we get these guys going to wake up in a hurry here. Yeah. Uh, Scott, before we get to Maurice, one of the questions that come in on the UK uh, Washington football team Facebook page for us today. Uh, but hi, Andy. Martin would like to know, and I'll put this to you, Scott. You just mentioned it well there. Why has our defence started so poorly this season? And does and does anybody actually rate Dustin Hopkins? We'll, we'll get to Hop later. <laughs> we'll, we'll, get Mark, we'll get to Hop later. But Scott, uh, the questions come in there. Um, why has our defence, you know, we I think we set standards so high last season yep. and they were very high and we had a rookie come Coming in with you know with, with Chase Young who who set the who set the league alight. Let's not lie now. So I mean he's had a slow start. Whether that's to do do with a lot more teams having film on him now. Sure. Uh, you know he's not the rookie anymore. They can sit back, evaluate how he plays. Do you think it's just the fact that we have started slowly? It's just one of them things. And hey, look, it's week two. Let's not read too much into it. Or are you like a lot of Washington fans? And you know I've been critical myself. Are you slightly concerned or more than concerned about the way this defense? has started 
Well, listen, they, they started the expectation thing. We didn't make this up. They played at a high level last season. And then they talked about, you know, being the best defense in the NFL, breaking sack records uh, as a tandem of DNs and all this kind of stuff. And, that, and that's fine. I mean, I like the high standard and then, you know, different Landon Collins, you know, new version, you know, him and Cam Curl are fine together, yet they don't play that much together per se. I mean, there's this rotation going on with McCain, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, linebackers are, are not good. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I mean, they're, they're, it's the weakest position on the roster, if you ask me. I mean, they, they cut down to four of them, had to bring in one back after the final cut. I was a little surprised they didn't they didn't go harder in the draft, maybe in the first two rounds at that position. Um, you know, Jamin Davis, I mean, Ron Rivera can talk him up. PFF can tell you he was the highest rated defensive player playing a hand, you know, playing the, you know, the, the limited snaps he played. That's fine, but he, he's not as far along as they had hoped he'd be at this point, obviously, because mm-hmm. he's not on the field as much as they, they hoped he'd be. He did a nice job in coverage uh, down towards the red zone. It was a big play to make the tackle there. Um, you know, Shepard, you know, it's not easy cover for a linebacker. So that was encouraging, but you know, they want him to play fast. He hasn't played fast yet. I know. What do you put that down to Scott? What do you put that down to? Uh, he just doesn't know his head spinning, man. He, mm. he doesn't play that much football. Really. If you look at his career, you know, he hadn't played that much football. I mean, he, he you know, Kentucky was really a one-year starter. Right. I mean, so he's, he's got to play a little bit more, I think is the, is the bigger thing. So uh, that's it. I mean, and you know, defensively, I think some of it could be, you know, talking to some of the former defensive players in this town that I was in the booth with on, on Thursday night. I think scheme has something to do with it. Um, guys not making plays. I mean, I still see a lot of the same stuff. I saw in the Greg Minuski defense with dudes are looking at each other. If a guy blows wide open, like, hey, was that you? Was that me? You know, like they don't know or, uh, or they're pointing fingers. So, I mean, that worries me early on. Um, you know, yeah, Sweat and Young, you know, they, they've made some plays, no question. I think it was better than I thought it was live, to be honest with you, going back and looking at it again. However, the, the bootleg plays, they've got to be smarter than that. I mean, Ryan mm-hmm. Kerrigan used to get crucified in this town for getting sucked in on bootlegs and, and stuff like that. And these guys, I mean, Daniel Jones blows around the end. How many times on you? And you're not figuring it out. Yeah. I noticed later in the game, they were splitting wider with the end. So that kind of took away a little bit of that, which was smart. Um, so there were some adjustments made there. And, you know, Ron, you know, Jack Del Rio, Ron Rivera, this is this is what they do. They do defense. They love defense. They love, you know, line, two former linebackers. They're going to they're gonna work on it. They're going to, I think that's, one thing I will say, last year we saw this team get better as the year went on. Um, I, I just wish the defense – it would be nice. Let me just put it this way. It would be nice to see this team come out and punch somebody in the mouth first. <laughs> it just, it's just been a pattern. Uh, is like they get hit in the mouth first. Like outside of like the Philadelphia game last year, the second Philadelphia game in week 17, they've not jumped on a team and got a lead early, right? They, they, it, this defense is set up to play with a lead. They just haven't been able to do that consistently outside of a little parts of games. You know what I mean? And then once they can do that, I think, yeah, it's going to look – dominating you see the takeaways and those things but to this point when they're playing it even it's not the best they're not good against running quarterbacks I think they've shown that in, in almost you know in a year plus now and that's that's concerning because you're going to play Josh Allen on Sunday, a week from today so you got to you got to figure that out and the quarterbacks this season as everybody's pointed out are clearly better on the schedule right now mm-hmm. assuming everybody you know all, all parts being equal going to these games good part is Jonathan Allen Dude, two, I, two I feel like, yeah, I feel like they've under, they, they underpaid him now. <laughs> He's been really good. I and I still got some rust on him. It looks like I, I didn't see a lot of Tim settle. I was a little surprised by that on, um, on Thursday. I thought I might see, you know, he rotates in a lot. Seen a lot of Jane Smith and Williams. They really like to put him out there. It looks like, uh, you know, again, sweated and, and young, they're making impact plays. I think the consistency thing. And then the other concern is like, and I get it. They played like 81 snaps or they were on the defense played 81 snaps on those two guys, but there's a lot of this going on. Like there's a lot. And that was early in the game against the giants. There was one drive and both of them are the same player trying to get out, um, which is interesting just because 
you know, at some point, you just, you know, like your best players, man, you guys, we mm-hmm. need you, you know, we need you out there. And then when they're out on the field for big third downs, it's glaring. I mean, because everybody notices it when they're not on the field for third downs. That's happened a few times here in these first two weeks, which is wild. But I mean, they played a ton of snaps. I went back and looked at the snap counts. I was like, okay, it's, it's higher than I thought it was. But you remember the few plays they're not in there, right? And you're like, damn it, why, why aren't they in the game? We need them in there. So it's, it's interesting. It, it definitely, like I said, I, there's a linebacker issue that's not going to be solved this season. That's for sure. Um, but that, you know, in terms of personnel, but Davis has got to, he's, they've got to speed up the process with him. And I'll take Rivera for his word. If he saw it progress this week, good. Then let's see him on the field more. Let's see him on the field more. If, you, if you're that confident enough. Yeah. Most definitely. Maurice. Yeah. Scott, uh, when I look at the, uh, the scheme both on both sides of the ball, you know, both offense and defense, the word that pops in my, my mind is conservative. It seems like there's a, a hesitancy for this team to be attack oriented. Um, especially on defense, it seems like Coach Del Rio really wants to rely on base sets and not really dial up exotic blitz packages. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, it was interesting because they did blitz. Uh, Fred Smoot and I talked about this post game. The few times they did blitz, it worked pretty well against Jones. Um, I mean, I understand part of the the thing. Look, you have a running quarterback. You, you don't want to play too much man because your back's to the play, and then you know the guy breaks out, and then you're, you're in trouble. I get that part of it, the playing zone and people, you know, they said they didn't want to play as much zone. Again, a lot of these things that are frustrated people are based on things they talked about inside this building. Like Rivera said, we want to play more man. We want to be more, you know, so we, we got to go after people a little bit more. Um, and so that people pick up on that and they don't see it maybe in the first couple of weeks. And they're like, well, what's going on there? And, you know, Hey, we're going to break a sack record and you're not seeing what you thought you'd see. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Although I think I'd be honest with you, I thought Scott Turner was extremely aggressive with Taylor Heineke for the most part. Uh, again, there were some good plays dialed up. You know, I thought Denami Brown, as good as he's been, um, he, he really should have fought for that ball in the end zone. I don't know. He just quit on the play on that one going to the other direction late in the game. The play, you know, he, he showed, he put the pedal to the metal. I think there was a lot of people bitching that they didn't run it enough with Gibson, who seemed to be getting churning there when he got around to, you know, when he was getting to the double-digit carries, maybe want to see that more towards 18 to 20. Uh, there was a good McKissick game. I was glad to see him back. He should have been in the first game more. Uh, you know, he's he was a weapon for them last year, and, and you can play both of those guys at the same time, which is which I think is good too. So, I don't know. I, I thought Turner actually had a really good game plan. I just think early when your quarterback is just wildly inaccurate, I mean, you know, you, you can pitch the offensive coordinator all you want, but it's on the player at some point to make the throws, and he did. And, and then they, they looked a lot better after that. Uh, you know, and it wasn't like Taylor was doing like he did the playoffs necessarily, you know, you know, having to make plays on his with his legs all the time. Right. You know, he wasn't like, you know, the scramble drill or what have you. I mean, a lot of it was it was he was in the pocket operating, which was was very uh, encouraging. Actually, I actually think, um, you know, the play calling on the offensive part I, I was good with. But, yeah, defensively, they're the ones in the spot right now. They got to they got to dial it up and, and you would think be a little bit more aggressive. But, you know, they want teams to try to drive it on them. And I get it because. A lot of times the team stall out. The Giants kicked how many field goals in that game? I mean, Graham Gano was was great, and I was cursing Mike Shanahan in the press box saying, you know, thanks for cutting in for Billy Cundiff, you moron. Um, you know, so <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, I mean, so I, I get that part of it. But, yeah, I think they've, they've got to look at that. And with this extra time this week, I'll be curious to see what it looks like against Buffalo because, you know, Josh Allen, you know, he didn't look great in week one against the Steelers. Maybe he can steal some of what Pittsburgh did to him. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we'll see what he looks like today down in Miami. But that was not a really encouraging start if you're a Buffalo fan. It was like they're talking Super Bowl and, you know, they go out and lay an egg on their home field. Yeah. Hey, de- one more quick question for Scott before we kick it back to you. Scott, what were your thoughts on that touchdown pass uh, to, to Ricky Seals Johnson? Uh, Ricky Seals Jones, yeah. Ricky Seals Jones, I apologize. He's yeah, so no, weird. Yeah, right, right. Uh, 
from, from Heineke. I mean, we have not seen that type of passing accuracy in a long time in Washington. What were your thoughts about that touchdown pass? Well, that was a great throw. Number one, that kind of like some of the questions about, hey, does Taylor, can he fit it in there, right, in a hurry? Because sometimes it looks like, you know, some of those passes McLaurin were kind of hanging for a while over the middle. And you're like, wow, you know, you better you kind of put a little more zip on him. But uh, that was a great play because he kind of looked off and then he, there was a little pressure coming on the side and then the pocket was starting to collapse on him. And he throws it and his feet weren't exactly perfect, but he still zipped it in there. It was just a perfect throw because either it's going to be an incompletion or it's, or, or, you know, or it's a touchdown. That, those are the two alternatives. It's not going to be picked off the way he threw it, which was great. He fit it in there. Uh, the, th- the throw before that, the McKissick was phenomenal. Oh, wow. Down the sidelines. Yeah, yeah, he threaded it. You know, the defense is there. I actually thought McKissick was going to go all the way, but that was a good angle by the uh, the Giants DB to, to chase him down. But Taylor yeah, went I through mean, his he went through his progressions as well, didn't he? For yeah, that touchdown, it, just, you could physically yeah. see him yeah. doing it, which is right. good to see because you're like, you know, he hasn't panicked. He wanted you know. to go to Logan Thomas first, who was over the middle, and then Logan got kind of caught up, and so he, you know, there was coverage over there, it shaded that way, so he went back. And that's right. And that's what's great about it because he's reading that he's going through his progressions. And look, there was this knock on Kirk Cousins when he was here, even though he had like you know, these fourth quarter comeback statistics that were high or what have you, but that he was the kind of guy that would like late in those games and drive you crazy because he was checking down, checking down. He just wasn't just trying to force the issue. And not that necessarily that Taylor was forced the issue, but he just showed you, he was like, you know what? We, we have to make a play here. You know, we got this drawn up. We're, we're going to try to make a play. And, and maybe it's also the philosophy of Turner versus the previous, you know, uh, offenses too. I don't know, but I, I just, I liked it. I mean, I, I just like everything about what he's doing right now. I hope he can handle what I'm sure is going to be some added attention uh, on his plate with people wanting to pull at him um, that he probably didn't know that were related to him and, you know, <laughs> national media and all that other stuff, you know, that, that that's going to get his attention. Well, I, I know uh, I've experienced the legend of Taylor Heineke years ago as an a, a alumnus of Norfolk State University. Oh, yeah. In that, um, that playoff game. And, you know, he went slam off on us. So, uh, you know, Taylor's just uh, letting the rest of America know how good he can actually be as a signal caller. Yeah, it's exciting to see. And again, like I said, I hope he keeps it, keeps it going and they can keep him healthy. The best part of that game, he didn't take many hits. Right. Um, you know, he, he really limited that. And obviously he's put a lot of work in his, in his upper body this offseason to be stronger so he can withstand some of that because that's where he's had some of his injuries at the elbow dislocation of Carolina. He had the, you know, the AC joint last year in the playoff game that he played through. So now it's good to see. And again, I just, I just like his, he's got, he's got, you know, big onions, as Bill Rafferty would say, onions, uh, as a great uh, college basketball broadcaster. But, you know, he's, he's not afraid. He's not afraid. Got one player that stood out uh, for me in the first game and the second game. He had a fumble in the first game, Antonio Gibson. But for me, yeah. he's getting a lot of the work now uh, and he's coming back off that turf toe injury. And a lot of people are still saying he's not even fully 100 uh, percent game ready yet. Uh, I mean, he had 13 carries for 69 yards on uh, Thursday night. For me, they seem to be relying in, on him a lot more now than they have in, uh, in previous seasons. What have you made of his start to the season? And do you think, I mean, I've brought in my notes for today and I, on, sorry, on Thursday night, I just put Antonio Gibson breakout year. I generally think he's going to be one of, you know, we look at Terry uh, for so much, but sure. when you've got an Antonio Gibson and he can come out of that backfield and maybe, and, and play as that receiver. And what, what do you think we were expecting from him from this season? Well, I mean, I think we respect a lot from him. I mean, I, you know, to be honest with you, like I said, I thought he could have had a little bit, you know, if he'd have got a few more touches, I think he would have been closer to the 90 yards that he had in the previous game or, you know, if he'd have gotten some more opportunities. But yeah, he was running aggressively. He pressed the hole 
in this game, he made a point of it. He didn't bounce it out like the fumble mm-hmm. play. If you go back and it's been broken down a million times, the fumble play, if he just followed his blocking, he it's, a five, been, yeah. it's like a five or six yard game, maybe mm-hmm. more if he comes through the other side, right? Because he's a strong, big kid. And he gets his pad level lower. I think uh, Brian Baldinger showed a really good breakdown of how he's getting lower this year and finishing guys off. Uh, I, I like watching those things. Um, but he, it, yeah, man, he's, and he can catch the ball. I still want the screen game to get better. I still would like to see this team mm. run screens better. So I think that's something that, that should be a weapon for them, not just the run, trying to run wide receiver screens, which are fine if you have the right people out there to block, they, they haven't quite figured out that combination yet, but I'd like to see a little bit more of that with, with him, but yeah, he looks terrific. And I hope to think after two weeks, the idea, and I was laughing in the preseason when they kept talking about, you got to keep Peyton Barber to what carry the ball for one yard or two. I was like, give me a break. You can't, yeah. you got to keep the best people. Jarrett Patterson was light years ahead of him, young legs. And by the way, I, I still think there's going to be a game when he's going to, he's going to do something for them. Like, and they're going to need him, you know, and like you saw it for a brief period against the chargers. When he came in, he had a couple of really good runs that one got called back because of a hole, which stunk. I think it was like an eight or nine yard run, maybe 10 yard run. And, you know, he, he gives them like, if something were to happen to Gibson again, he's the immediate, he, to me, he's the starter, you know, yeah. and, and McKissick stays in his role. Yeah, it doesn't change, but I, I love what, what he brings them to. And, you know, Hey man, Gibson, he's, Hey, he sees a young, hungry guy behind him, you know, that helps him too, mm-hmm. you know, pushes it all. It pushes the whole room. And, and, and like I said, McKissick looked great in this game and it was good to see him back in the game plan. But I think, you know, tough thing for Scott Turner is just finding the footballs for everybody, right? Like yeah. he, he went out of his way to feed Terry, which was smart because Terry didn't get the ball enough in the first game. I think the guy that, that is MIA on the offense right now that people will look at and continue to talk about is, is uh, Cam Sims. And, mm. and clearly they think Brown's in front of them and that they're, they're pushing Brown and obviously like Humphreys in the Humphreys. Yeah. I was going to say Humphreys got Humphreys quite a few looks, didn't he? Yeah. Humphreys and uh, you know, and actually Taylor looked very comfortable. And a lot of the concern obviously was, you know, that was kind of Fitzpatrick's guy or what have you, but you know, I think they've, they've come together pretty nicely quickly. Yeah. Uh, one person, uh, quite a few people tweeted me about this and I, 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 I noticed it a little bit in preseason Deandre Carter. I know he's only playing on special team, Scott, my God, this guy can move. I mean, yeah. I mean, we haven't had that special. We had Sims last year. Let's, let's not talk about him. But he's another player that um, you know, um, I don't you you don't pay attention so much as special team as maybe you should. But every time that guy gets the football, he goes off like a freight train. I mean, he's on special no teams fear. in a minute. Yeah, and a, a lot of play, a lot of people have messaged like been on social media and stuff saying, "Hey, let's not forget about this guy." Either. He look, he look when he get he gets the ball, he takes his opportunity. We you know. Return. I can't remember the last time we had a kickoff return for a touchdown, but a lot of us were tweeting it on Thursday saying this could be the night with the, with the speed. What did what, what right. you made of what you seen of him? Well, I like him a lot. I mean, and I think you're right. I mean, I, I think the last kickoff return they were Rashad Ross, maybe against the Giants way back when uh, the, the the that was the also the year that um, who was the kid that uh, Scott McLuhan wanted to be the running back of Alfred Morris who kept fumbling uh, the big guy out of Florida and I'm, I'm losing my. Oh, you know Samaje Samaje P Ryan. No, no, no. When P Ryan, it was the guy before Rob? the big kid. The no, guy, not big Rob. Big Rob, Fat Rob. What, what no, did you no, call no, him? Not, no, no, no. The, fat Rob beat him out. It was the ah, guy okay. that the Brown. Wasn't it Brown? Um, oh God, I'm losing my mind. Now, the kid that anyway he was out of Florida. He kept fumbling, and he was the guy. Matt Jones. That, Matt, Jones. Matt Jones. Matt Jones. Thank you. It was a boring name. It was Matt Jones? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, thank you, Matt Jones. Right. So anyway, that was the Matt Jones game. He ended up fumbling on the goal line against the Giants in that game. They lost. Anyway, Rashad Ross, I think, in that game, my point was he, he returned a kickoff for a touchdown. But anyway, it's been a while. But DeAndre Carter is lightning fast. You're right. Mm. Um, uh, he's he's aggressive. He seems to know where he wants to go. He knows what blocking is setting up. 
Uh, I think he'll break one at some point this season. I guess there was some ball securities and some ball security issues with him and some pass stops. I haven't seen that here, thankfully. But yeah, I like him a lot. If you notice, the Giants went out of their way to short kick and high to kind of take away the returns on him. They didn't blow it out of the end zone, although Gano certainly could have. I kind of liked the way Joe Judge did it. I thought it was, it, he's a special teams coach, obviously, you know, by nature and his trade before he was here. So he cares about special teams and it's important. I mean, the, Washington was playing a, a deficit m- most of the game in the first half on, on uh, you know, on field position because of the way the Giants were playing and they were popping those kicks up and Washington would have to return them. And, you know, they were getting their guys down there and it was tough on Carter, but Carter, you know, if you watched it, if you're there live, he did as much as he could for him. So, mm-hmm. uh, and he had a return. I mean, I, there was some, guy on social media was like well why does he keep returning like it's had a choice i mean the ball's yeah. in there and you let the ball bounce and it's an onside kick genius and, and the giants the ball or you return it it wasn't like they were going to the end zone so he had to come up and take it and he did a good job doing what he could and i in a week one and throughout the preseason when he returned punts i think he's been solid but yeah i think he's a weapon you see him a little bit incorporated on those jet sweep fakes mm-hmm. um at some point i think he's going to keep one and that'll that'll be interesting to see how he does if they get him you know get him some open uh real estate because he's definitely explosive yeah no most definitely i i'm calling it now we're scoring off a kickoff return this, uh, i would this love season. to see yeah. it man this I'm is calling it now, point. Yeah, hidden I'm... points the hidden yards are all special teams you know you yeah act like you know i know the nfl's trying to de-emphasize the kickoff you know to cover their ass with this concussion stuff but come on i mean it's still a phase of the game until you take it out and they you know play like you do in your backyard and put the ball next to hedges at your 25 yard line well, I'm so old, damn. We was 20 when I was a kid, but anyway, you know, it's you just don't. Uh, you're gonna still. You might as well use it. It's part of the game, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why you wouldn't take. You know, find somebody that was you know a plus for you in that position, and they, I think they've done that to this point. That's good. Yeah, uh, Scott. Before we let, let, let get out of here, yeah, I've mentioned it. So many people have messaged me. The misfield goal. Then we got a, we got a, we got a re, we got a redo. We got to do it all over again. Yep. Where do you sit with Mr. Hopkins? He he divides opinion. Uh, for me, I've said it, if you've listened to our show, I've had people call into your show after the game. I've, all I've ever asked for is the man to have competition at Washington. Right. You know, they have that position flex, position flex. I can't clip yeah. it like Al Gordy does. I can't put that in there right now. But, right. you know, um, he needs that competition in Washington. Where do you stand with him? Because when he missed that field goal, I was just like, not again. No. Right. I looked up at my TV. It was like something right. like... 5 a.m. in the morning, I saw that yellow flag. I was like, please just do not miss this one. And he, yes. even, he even said in his interview, he hit the first one sweeter than he hit the second one. Where do you stand on the whole thing? Well, I'm with you. I don't I don't understand why, A, it was such a given that he was the kicker, right? Most important, I would, I would be one of these jerk coaches that would have a kicking competition every year. I mean, you know, sorry, unless I had like Adam Vinatieri in his heyday or a Goskowski in his heyday or one of those guys, I, I would always operate like, you got to have competition. This is what they preach here. This is the one position that doesn't get it. They brought Eddie Pinero in for like, I don't know, was it a week? I don't know if he just mm-hmm. sucked, if he was a jerk. I don't know what he did. I don't know what happened. He was here on the practice squad for a week and supposedly could punt too. That's the other thing. Like with COVID, man, you got to have like a backup to the backup in every position on your, on your practice squad that you can bring up. And, you know, God forbid you're on the road or whatever, whatever they test, somebody comes out with COVID or symptoms of it, and you got to put them out for the game. You got to have a kicker available. So I, I don't know. I'll be interested to see if they add another, you know, emergency kicker to the practice squad or what have you. But yes, I mean, I, I think had he missed this game, I mean, had he lost the game on that kick. I mean, it would have been a long 10 days. I mean, you know, Ron Rivera has been very confident in him. I don't know how you keep being confident in him. 
if those things happen. And we go back to some of the losses last year, like the Giants lost. Everybody goes, well, Ron should have never gone for two. Well, his kicker had missed an extra point and a field goal in that game, if you remember. So mm-hmm. he probably wasn't so sure he was going to make the extra point anyway, you know, in that game. So there's just so many games that were like, you know, razor thin, you know, razor thin margins. And I think this team is a razor thin margin kind of team in a lot of cases. And you can't afford to have your kicker yakking them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's something they've got to continue to to look at as as the season goes on. And I think that I was encouraged when they brought Panero in, but it didn't last long. So I don't know if it's just him or whatever. They needed a spot for something they felt was more pressing. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Maurice, anything for Scott before we let him go? Yeah, Scott. Just um, what do you what are your thoughts as far as what Taylor Heineke needs to do to remain the starter once Ryan Fitzpatrick? gets off an of injury reserve. I mean, they're, they're saying six to eight weeks. So right. They're saying eight weeks. That puts him right around the Tampa game. Like, where do you think he needs to be record-wise to retain that starting position, even when Fitzpatrick comes back? Well, I mean, you want to be, you know, a winning team. You want to have more wins and losses for him as the starter. But at the same time, let's say he goes out and does his job, which I quite frankly thought he did in the Chargers game, and you lost because mm-hmm. your defense let them move the ball down the field in a third and 18 from their own eight yard line or where the hell it was in the five, you know, backed up that I wouldn't have benched Taylor because of that. If Fitzpatrick was available the next week, I just think, look, if he plays like anywhere near he's played in every game he's played in so far, I think he keeps the job. I mean, quite frankly, you, you don't know if it's Patrick, anything. <laughs> I mean, really you don't. I mean, uh, yeah, you called him the starter at the beginning of the year, but you see the way the players react to this guy. It's not just like some, goofy fan thing i mean it's not like the fans liking you know somebody in the preseason back in the day for me it was babe loffenberg or uh, you know that it was the colt breaded year you know whoever name your quarterback right it's not like that and, and i think Bram weinstein brought this up to me on friday when i was on his show and it's a great point he's the one quarterback that we've had in this in this city in the last i don't know how many years that the fan base kind of there's no controversy about it right like everybody's behind him like yeah, I love the guy. You may not think he's your quarterback for the next five to 10 years, but you think he's the right guy right now. And we're okay with that. We're not like, Oh man, like last year, everybody's like, well, screw Kyle Allen. Cause he's the reason Dwayne Haskins got benched and give Dwayne the ball, you know, no matter what, or hell with Alex Smith, he's boring, even though he was 11 and five in his time here, you know, or Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I, I hate him. He's a stat collector. And I liked RG three. So screw Kirk Cousins, no matter what happens, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. So there's none of that BS, which is nice. You know, it's just kind of like, Hey, this kid was like doing math and we needed a quarterback. He came in and balled out. What more can you say? You know, I mean, that's all you, and all you can, again, base it on whether you're, you know, a guy, a guy who thinks he's here long-term or not is every time he comes in, he's a positive for them, right? Every time he's played, he's been a positive. Now, will that continue? Let's hope so. I don't know. I mean, that's Buffalo again, going to be a really good test for him. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, you think the hype train, the Heineke, Heineke's are going now. Imagine if he goes into Buffalo and wins. It plays big and, you know, they come out of that mix, you know, between the Buffalo and the Atlanta start. If he comes away with a couple wins or even splits them, man, it comes back home for New Orleans. You got to feel pretty good about where you are, you know, with, with him as the quarterback. And it's just a weird part of this whole thing is nobody saw this team winning a shootout early in the year. Except yeah. for, for Sabah, our caller who told us they need to win a shootout. Right? <laughs> yeah, Scott. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to jump on with us. Uh, I can now listen to you. Fun, quick, funny oh, really? story. Funny story, Scott. So oh. I, I now get the app after the game. I don't get okay. live. I can't hear the commentary, but I, I watch all the games anyway. So the game finished about 5 a.m. for me, uh, Friday morning. So I watched the game downstairs. Off I went upstairs to bed. My wife's in now. I'm in the, I, I climb into bed. She's like, oh, hello, dear. How was the game? I'm like, yeah, the game's good. She goes, okay, get some sleep. Ten seconds later, your voice comes on. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, I'm listening to the post game. Scott's on. She's like, oh hey, are you crazy? Turn She's this like, jerk off. It's like, it's just like it's five o'clock in the morning. I'm like, right. I'm not missing this. Wow. So yeah, for like the next hour and a half, I had you on, Scott. My, 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 I just started my day at like. Uh, see, I got to start remembering how late you're up when I'm going to bed, complaining to myself like, why am I here? Why? Oh, I'm yeah, I am. So I think your show finished at like six fifteen a.m. for me. Oh something my god. Like yeah, I mean, so, I just think I got to bed at like two thirty that night or something, or, or yeah. tried to. It was crazy, but yeah, I mean, it's um, um, that's good to hear. Yeah. So the the deal with the game broadcast is you can only hear them if you have Sirius XM because they have yeah. that exclusive rights deal with the NFL. I hear all the build up, but then I obviously I have yeah, game, yeah, yeah. I have NFL. Good. Yeah, I have Game Pass. As soon as the game's finished, cool. I can listen to you guys and it's, awesome. it's brilliant. So Scott, thank you so much as always thank you guys. for joining me and Maurice. Keep up the great work, my friend. We really thank appreciate you. your time. Thank you, Maurice. Thank you, Andy. You guys take care. Have a good day. Thanks, Scott. Take care, my friend. Maurice, always a pleasure to chat with uh, the voice of Washington, uh, Mr. Scott Jackson. Uh, Maurice, we have uh, a few more questions that have come in uh, for myself and you, uh, if I can actually just find them. Uh, Peter Chilton uh, says, uh, Maurice, after seeing the first two games, how confident um, are we in the rest of the season? It looked like two fairly poor teams playing on Thursday night. So, Maurice, obviously, I, uh, you were at the first game. Uh, mm -hmm. we, uh, we've seen the second game. How would you have to sum up the two games so far from a, from obviously from a Washington standpoint? How would you sum it up? And like, how how do you how confident are you about moving into the to the Buffalo game next week? Well, I'm I'm, I'm very confident, and I'll tell you why. Because I mean, Washington. Let's I mean, let's go back to the Chargers game, right? So Washington had the lead going into the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. So had it not been for the Gibson um, fumble after we got the interception when the Chargers uh, marched down the field, uh, we could have closed that game out. You know, we could, you know, but I, and I think they were going to be conservative, running the ball, use some clock, you know, and try to maybe get to a field goal and then put the defense back on the field. But we didn't get, that didn't happen. Um, the second game, you know, we showed some, tenacity and battle a team that has had our number for the past four years, the New York Giants. And I think mm -hmm. we said at the beginning of the season that we would feel a lot better about this team, even if they lost to the Chargers. It was it was mandatory, it was paramount Beat that the they Giants. The Giants, and they yeah. did that. So now I think for Coach Rivera in particular, I mean he's beaten all the teams in the NFC East within his first uh two years. You know, beating mm -hmm. the Giants big deal. Uh, I think that the, the mood of the team is going to be a lot better. I think that the things that they need to work on in this extended period um, going into the Buffalo game, they're going to work on those things. And, and, I, and here's the thing about it. We all want the team to win mm -hmm. against Buffalo, but it is going to be a daunting challenge playing a team that yeah. was in the AFC Championship at their home. Yeah. Um, you, you can't know. make the mistakes that you've made in the first two. This, oh, no. 
You're obviously. never going to get the perfect game, Maurice. But do you feel that you can't? You have to. You can't. Obviously, you can't cut out every single error. This football, it happens. It happens to the Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers. It happens to all the good teams. But you really, really need to dial this in now, going into this yeah. Buffalo game, because if you make some of the mistakes that we made, say from the first and the second game, we had mm-hmm. a lot. Lady Luck was definitely on our side yeah. on uh, Thursday, Maurice. You think the Giants literally dropped a touchdown in the end zone? Daniel mm-hmm. Jones got called back. We had some, you know, hot pad. Yeah. You have to minimise all, like Ron Rivera is saying, he wants us to minimise all these mistakes. He probably understands that mistakes are still going to happen. Like Scott just said, we're still having issues at linebacker. We're not quite sure what's going on there. They're kind of still finding their feet. But this nearly, Maurice, for you, does it have to be nearly be the perfect game next Sunday? I don't think it has to be the perfect game next Sunday. I think what we got to do is avoid big plays. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I don't, you know, you can't have Josh Allen, you know, going on 15, 20, 25 yards scampers off bootleg plays next week like if, if buffalo's doing that kind of stuff then you know we can go ahead and just pack a lunch and everything like that. <laughs> um we don't want the, the, the thing is we don't want allen to just do whatever he wants to do as quarterback you mm-hmm. know and we got to eliminate the big play part of the challenge with washington and I'm, i saw this in the Chargers games is that what these teams are doing is that they're going to quick counts mm-hmm. um the quarterback is doing like three step drops and getting the ball out so they're, so they're not allowing, you know, that talented defensive line to get the amount of pressure they need to get to the quarterback. Um, so that's going to be on Coach Del Rio to figure out ways to dial up pressure and get these quarterbacks off balance so they can't um, get in a passing rhythm and, um, you know, and get the ball down the field. And then the other thing, too, like, uh, you know, Stephon Diggs, he's a very talented wide receiver. So we're going to have our lunch, you know, um, you know, we have to eat our lunch to be ready for him. But I don't think we have to play a perfect game. We just have to avoid big plays. Yeah. And, and I think Turner's going to have to be aggressive on offense. I thought the play that McKissick, you know, really showed some imagination mm-hmm. from Turner. And I think that um, McKissick probably needs to be utilized a lot more. Impressed with him. Very impressed with him. In different situations. Because he, you know, he can catch the team off balance. And uh, mm-hmm. I like to see Patterson um, get some, um, some touches um, in throughout the game as well. Yeah, most definitely. Um, just finally, Maurice, uh, Ron Rivera mentioned it in his press conference uh, yesterday. i just get your opinion. What do we need to do better on third down? That seems to be, we can't get off the field at the minute sometimes, and it's whether it's been three and six, three and seven, we just can't seem to get off the field on third downs. Is it like you say, though, because the quarterbacks are getting the ball out of their hands so quickly? Is that something that we now to, we need to go and evaluate that film and see how we counterbalance that? Because teams are trying to counter us. Is it now a case of us having to counter them on third down? Yeah, I mean, we definitely got to counter these teams on third down. And I just think, number one, we got to get to the quarterback on third down. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, whether it's a stack or, you know, blocking a pass or, you know, hurrying him, you know, so he doesn't get set in his um, passing lanes and, and deliver the ball down the field. And then I also think that we got to make sure that we're blocking these passes from these receivers and these tight ends. Um, I think that the team, teams are attacking in that, in that middle space. Mm-hmm look at that like we're, there's not there haven't been a lot of deep balls against us but in that middle area where those linebackers are teams have been tearing us apart so we got to figure that out and um, that's going to be on coach del rio to figure it out um you know just to kind of talk about some of the things that um scott talked about earlier with uh jamin davis like jamin davis is a rookie mm-hmm. right i mean i mean he's a very talented rookie as as pro um pff said but he's still a rookie. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's not going to know everything. And I, and I know fans expect – you can't compare Jamin Davis to Chase Young. They're yeah. two players. 
two totally different acumen, two totally different skill sets mm -hmm. and everything like that. Chase gets to pin his ears back and attack. You know, uh, Jameis is responsible for setting the defense. You know, he's got to see what the quarterback's doing, what the running backs are doing, what the receivers are doing. You know, they're that, like that next line of defense. So he's figuring that all out. And I think that it's only week two. I mean, you know, week, week two. You know, we played two games. We're one and one. We beat a team in a division. I mean, like, which was good because we, we don't play in a division now till December. That was a huge win because that, that was banking a win because I think that we got to win at least four division games to win the division. Yeah. Uh, so that means we're going to have to split with, uh, you know, we're going to have to sweep somebody and. Giants are your best chance. Giants would be your best yeah. chance for a sweep this year. Cowboys look good. We sweep the Giants and we split with the Eagles and the Cowboys. That puts you at four and two. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we got some tough games ahead of us and everything like that. So I, 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 right now, I don't think we need to um, push the panic button right now. I don't even think we need to push the panic button if we don't beat Buffalo. Now, when we play Atlanta, if we now, if we lose to Atlanta and we're one and three, then it's time to push the panic button. So yeah. I just think that we want to beat Buffalo. We don't beat them. There's no need to panic. It's the Atlanta game that we definitely got to win. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Well, Maurice, it's an absolute pleasure, as always, to talk some football with you. And Maurice, now, the DC Tweet team you started many, many years ago. Here yeah. we are now, my friend. We're on YouTube. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, you know, the thing about it is, is that, you know, number one, you know, got to congratulate you and, you know, leading this effort and bringing all these amazing people together, these guests, you know, myself, Shelly. You know, it's just been an extraordinary ride. And now that we're on YouTube, you know, uh, you know, we're going to games, we're getting top level interviews with people. Uh, you know, it's it's a whole broader movement right now. So it's, you know, just, you know, just having all these different platforms to share our experiences and our passion for Washington football is just extraordinary. So I'm really happy about it. Yeah, most definitely, my friend. I'm in, I'm loving it. But like you say, go uh, type, go to YouTube, DC Tweet Team Podcast, hit that subscribe button. The audio versions are still on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you find us. But Maurice, we are going to be back on Wednesday, going more in depth into the Buffalo game, my friend. Hopefully, Shelley will be with us. We wish her good health. We know she's a bit under the weather at the moment. But my friend, have a good few days. I will catch up with you on Wednesday, buddy. Awesome football today. Uh, great matchup tonight with. Uh... Uh, Kansas City and Baltimore. So uh, uh, really curious to watch that game, see Patrick Mahomes against Lamar Jackson. That's going to be really Yeah, fun. it's going to be good to chip, chill on a Sunday, not have a heart attack while watching football, yeah. and then just, uh, just watch some games, <laughs> sing some beers. And my, my mighty Tottenham Hotspurs are playing Chelsea today, so I get a double whammy, Maurice. But uh, Maurice, I will catch you on uh, Wednesday, my friend. All right, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the DC Tweet Team Podcast. I have been your host, Andy Burrows. That has been the amazing Maurice Hawkins. Till next time, everybody, stay safe.